and welcome to the Ascribe podcast, a space to inspire women to build their brands and business without leaving their faith behind. And I'm your host, Janet Oyadele. You'll be hearing candid conversations with founders, thought leaders, and inspiring individuals on navigating faith and life as an entrepreneur. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged as you listen. This is the Ascribe podcast. for joining us on today's episode of the Ascribe podcast. For those who may be new here, my name is Janet and I'm the founder of Ascribe. And today I'm joined by a woman who is a lover and teacher of God's words. She's a wife, a mother and a mentor who's passionate about seeing people grow and become the person they were created to be. She's the founder of Love Limitless, a prominent platform and movement centered on biblical womanhood and purposeful living as God intends for us all. She's also a chef and founder of IA Kitchen, where she dishes up tips, tricks, and recipes for everyday food made with love. Our guest on today's show is Ify Alexis Lee. It's so good to have you with us today, Ify. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Janet. What a privilege to be here. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. I hope you've been having a good day. Yes, it's been a good one. Thank you. I thought it would be good to kick off with a question around just your faith journey and just understanding the season that you're currently in with your faith and any lessons that you're learning. Um, mm, yes, yeah, sure. Um, faith journey. So I've been working with God now for 14 years or so, and I'm still young, but I did make um, that decision to follow God when I was a teenager. Definitely the best decision that I've made. Um, it's been hard it's been tough at certain points at other points I felt like God what you require is too much the world is more attractive but God keeps me um, in his will and he keeps pulling me back onto the right course I'm really thankful Um, in the last few years I think God has just been teaching me one of the key things that I'm passionate about which is the importance of community um, which really does impact everything I do from Love Limitless, which really exists to create community. And that's one thing that we do with ladies across the UK, Ghana, um, currently. But then also with IA Kitchen as well, um, having a space to host people and feed them. And all of that has to do with community coming together in unity, which I think is beautiful as well. So, yeah, just some of the things that I'm, I'm currently passionate about, I'd say. That's great. And and I think community is such a key ingredient to just live in life um, in today's culture, especially with what's going on at the moment and just having a sense of either our digital community or even that face-to-face community. So, yeah, I definitely agree that it's key and it drives nearly everything that we do, especially in the faith, like coming together, developing one another, encouraging mm-hmm. one another, but also challenging one another to grow closer to God. Um, and to be the best that we can be. So would you say that in the time that you've been a Christian up until now, that you've had like a solid community that you've grown with, or has that community grown and expanded in various ways? Yeah, it's definitely morphed. It's expanded. It's changed. Um, community is something that I think I became more t- intentional about about four or five years ago. Um in, in me realizing within myself that actually there's a lot of things that I just don't enjoy sharing with people. There's a lot of aspects of my life that I actually live quite privately. Um, and I felt God really tugging on my heart to say, 
you're not called to do this walk alone. You're called to partner with other Christians, other people that are like-minded um, to experience the common grace at work. And so it's not something that I've always been passionate about. It's not even something that I've always found easy. In fact, I find it very hard. I think learning how to deal with conflict when that arises amongst your friendship circles, learning how to steer your relationships around a godly path, even when things seem to be going down another kind of path, I think um, building and sustaining healthy relationships is something that can be quite countercultural for a lot of us, actually. Um, being confrontational when you need to be, walking in love, not being afraid to correct, um, challenge, all of those things are, are components of healthy communities that um, I think God has really just placed on my heart to do all the more. And just in answering um, your question, sorry, I think I was a bit long-winded with it, but just in terms of things that I've been learning in this current season, I think God has been placing on my heart just a greater understanding of discipleship. Um, in Luke chapter six, you know, Paul, no, I can't remember who was speaking, but no, Jesus speaking, he said that um, when a student is fully taught, when the student is fully learned, he'll be like his master, he'll be like his teacher. Um, and what I found interesting in that is that when a student has learned everything that the teacher wants him to learn, it's not that he will be full of knowledge, but it says that he will be like his master. Mm-hmm. Um, and discipleship is really the pre- reproduction of your life in the lives of others. So when Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, for example, it's this replication of, I'm going to walk with you in such a way that you see me um, and you're able to um, take on aspects of me that, that glorifies God. And so God has been really been showing me about community, about about discipleship in particular, the need to really live your life in the open such that people around you can see what you struggle with, um, see the things that you're good at, the things you're not so good at, um, grow as they watch you and as they study you. Jesus took on 12 disciples and said, follow me, watch me, um, just absorb me, be around me, take in what I do. And I think that that's the essence of discipleship that I think some, sometimes we've lost. We've reduced discipleship to a four-week course or a six-week program. Um, but discipleship is really a life on life. It's bringing people in to see where you lay your head, to see how you are with your family, to see your successes and your losses. All of that is to do with discipleship. So God has been calling me even deeper with those that I currently disciple just to make sure that I'm allowing them to see a more holistic me, the humanity and the divinity or everything um, together. Mm. I love that. It's the realness, you know, of the journey and not trying mm. to present like a perfection to the Christian walk, um, not feeling the need to perform to meet a certain standard. But like you said, just being vulnerable and open about, you know, the strengths, the weaknesses and not being afraid of that. Um, I think that's just really inspiring. And I think especially in today's culture where oftentimes we lean towards the glamorous, the highlights, um, all the positive stuff. I think having that real sense of identity that we can actually communicate to others um, and just showcase that we are human like everyone else and we're growing through this I think that is much admired and respected Um, so that's definitely a key lesson um, for us all um, to understand that discipleship is about that closeness and that community um, that we're trying to build so that's great. And I think that kind of leads into the next section around entrepreneurship and just how entrepreneurship has grown rapidly um, and put a lot of people at the forefront in terms of their gifts, their talents, their skills. 
um, I know over the past five to 10 years, entrepreneurship has really grown and it's more accessible for many people. Um, but it'll be great to kind of hear um, your perceptions around entrepreneurship in today's current climate. Mm, I completely agree. I think people are feeling more empowered to showcase their gifts, um, showcase the things that God has placed on the inside of them. I think the culture has brought about an emboldening, emboldening where people genuinely feel like I've got something to offer, let me offer it. I think it's also brought about a, a, a hurry and hustle mentality um, as well, where people feel as though they need to manufacture um, something, anything in order to not be um, left behind. So I think that the rise of entrepreneurship is, is beneficial. It's greatly beneficial. I think it's causing people to look inwardly and think, you know, what have I got that I can um, monetize, that I can form some sort of viable income from? Um, but I think we also need to be very, very mindful that not everyone is called to entrepreneurship. Not everyone will enjoy it. Um, there's a time and there's a season for everything. And I think as with most things, we have to always be careful to check our hearts check our reasons, check why we're doing something um, to make sure we're in alignment, to make sure we're not doing it for other people. Don't start that business because it just seems like a great thing to do. Don't just start that blog because you want to, but actually inquire, why do I want to? Do I want to because I feel the pressure that everyone else has one or everyone else um, seems to be earning money through this one um, revenue source? Like what, look a bit deeper at your motives in your heart and I think that that's something that I, I challenge myself with and I certainly challenge those around me with um, entrepreneurship is great it's amazing it, it's something that can be a great way to add dignity in terms of another stream of income but make sure your heart is in the right place because if it's not ultimately not only will it not have longevity but it will, it will be draining it will take away from you it will deplete you um, but if it is if, it, if the time is right and the the the, you know the, the business or whatever it is 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 what God wants for you can be absolutely um fulfilling is what I'd say and I know that because you're speaking from experience so you know you're the founder of Love Limitless and you're also the founder of IA Kitchen so it'll be great to kind of hear like how you transitioned into those two ventures and if you encountered any challenges um going from idea to bringing it into the world Mm, oh, <laughs> many challenges. <laughs> so with Aya Kitchen, I feel like that for me is more like a hobby. Um, when I got married, I realised that I had a, a keen desire for cooking, and my husband is such a such a cheerleader for me, you know. <laughs> so I set up this Instagram page where I could just kind of share what I was making, and then from that, set up an ebook, a recipe book. And then we had our first um, cooking class last year. That was just phenomenal, really. Um, I'm still not too sure where that's going, but at the moment, I'm just enjoying cooking and sharing mm. what it is that I am making with others. Um, but even with that, even though that's the case, I think I've definitely faced um, elements of imposter syndrome, and that's actually something that stems across, stems, kind of goes across IA Kitchen and Love Limitless. Just this sense of who am I to be in the space that I'm currently in or I'm desiring to occupy? With Love Limitless, I think imposter syndrome can be a little bit more deceitful, um, a little bit more deceptive. Um, sometimes I I feel this, this overwhelming sense of who are you to do this? Um, 
leave it to someone else. You know, your parents aren't creatures. Who are you to set something up where others can come together and um, really experience the goodness of God? And sometimes the, the feeling of imposter syndrome, it kind of goes so deep that even when people are telling you how much their lives have been transformed, I, I don't even believe it. Um, and God is really, really, really consistently um, helping me to shake that mentality off to really realize that it's not even about how amazing I am because I don't think I'm amazing I don't think I'm phenomenal in and of myself but when God empowers a person there's nothing that they can't do and so for me in the journey of entrepreneurship ministry um, running any kind of organization I think it's realizing who the strength comes from who the power comes from who provides the vision and who provides the direction um, and with something like Club Limitless, I've seen firsthand that actually God is at the helm organizationally. He's forever providing us as a team with new insights, new things that we could do better, um, what direction to take, where not to go, how to um, innovate, how to pivot in this season. I think pivoting as we entered into lockdown was something that we had to do. We'd been running our annual conference for about eight years um, prior, and then here comes this you know, this pandemic. And of course, the easy thing is just do it online. But we thought, do we want to do it online? How can we do it online? And, and for the first time ever, we had a three-day conference instead of a one-day conference. And we were able to invite um, a guest speaker that would have been a lot harder to have invited because he lives in America um, if we were in person. So God has showed us how to pivot as well. Um, and so for we, the, the journey of entrepreneurship, especially anything that's faith-based, it just begins at the, the foot of Jesus. Um asking him for guidance, asking him for direction. It's definitely not easy. And similar to many people in the Bible, I face that, that imposter syndrome that says, who are you to do this? But just as God said to Moses, um, when he said, oh, I can't do it, I'm, I'm a, I stutter. God said to him, I'm going to put my words in your mouth. You will do what I tell you to do. Um, God said that to Jeremiah. It's this idea that even when you are weak, I'm strong. And that's something that I've come to lean on. Um, even where I'm weak, he is strong. And so I can look to that. I can hold on to that, knowing that I might not be um, the most eloquent or the most equipped for this task, but I know the one who, who is eloquent and the one who does equip me and he calls me and tells me to go. Therefore, I will. That's really good. And it just goes to show the value of the Christian faith and how much it does give us um, a greater sense of purpose for the things that we're doing and also that realisation that we're not doing it in our own strength. Um, mm -hmm. And it goes back to what you were saying about not everyone's call to entrepreneurship because the ones that God calls to entrepreneurship, he will definitely equip them for that journey mm -hmm. and he will be with them. Um, and it's just the reality that there will be hardships, there will be challenges, some that we can and can't control. But knowing that God is our source and God is our strength gives us that assurance that all things will still work together for our good. Um, and I think, like you mentioned, with the global pandemic, it's caused a lot of people to pivot. Um, and it just goes to show that even in those seasons, even in those transitions, that God will inspire us and give us the ideas and mm. he will give us the boldness to do things that even um, we probably wouldn't have imagined we've had to do. So I think it's just nice to hear um, how you've experienced entrepreneurship so far and also with leading the ministry um, that some of these issues they they cut across the board many people face them but like you mentioned it's going back to God um, reminding ourselves that he's the one that's called us and he's the one that will be with us um, so yeah thank you for sharing that and I know like with Love Limitless and also with IA Kitchen you've produced and created like digital products um, which is the direction that a lot of people are taking so moving towards um, digital content and 
um, being able to produce resources with your mentoring program, with your ebook, um, you've been able to do so successfully. What would you say are your top three tips for someone that's thinking of creating a digital product? Mm, okay, for creating a digital product, first thing I say is to know your audience. Um, who is the product for? Um, why is it for them? Um, what do you want them to get out of it? Um, and it, just alongside knowing your audience, I would say, I guess, point number one B is beginning with the end in mind. And that end needs to be a, a sense of what I want them to take away. So, for example, I have an online course on overcoming lust and temptation. So my end result, I want whoever takes that online program to become empowered um, to fight lust and temptation. I want them to become empowered to know what their triggers are and how to flee from the enemy's delusive traps. Um, that's the end goal. And then I have to work backwards and say, OK, how do we do that? What knowledge do they need to have in order to achieve that goal? So beginning with the end in mind and knowing your audience, knowing the people that God has called you to, having an understanding for what that person looks like, what are their current struggles, um, what are the things that makes them happy, how do I, you know, I think it's something to say, you know, helping millennials, but what kind of millennials? Um, millennials in what kind of way so just kind of really going in and looking at who am I called to help who am I called to walk with um, I think that that's really key um, and alongside that beginning with the end in mind secondly I would say strive for excellence at all costs I think with anything that is um, anything that is published be it um, written or video audio whatever the case might be strive for excellence don't be afraid to get it proofread or copy edited um, put your all into it um, it's super super important to give it your all as best as possible in the creation of the product and then lastly I think so many people pump hundreds of pounds into producing a, an ebook or, or something or a course but then they have no budget left for marketing they have no budget left to actually push the product I think so many of us expect organic growth my stuff included sometimes and sometimes that that's great but just as you pumped hundreds into creating the the product it's also considered that that hundreds that it's going to take to market that to put that product in the hands of the right people to put your product in the hand of your um your target audience so don't be afraid to consider what marketing looks like you is it google ads um is it instagram ads facebook ads what what marketing are you going to do are you reaching out to radio stations whatever the case might be um market it well once you know who your audience is once you produce the top-notch high quality um product the next step for me i would say is to make sure you're marketing it well to put that product in the hands of your consumer that's amazing. Those are amazing top tips. Um, and I feel like you've covered the breadth of what it is required, um, what is required. And I know for some people, they might have, you know, the best idea, you know, they've created the best product, but they struggle with that last part of marketing. Um, what would you say to someone that lacks confidence in actually sharing that gift? They know they've got the gift. Um, they've got to that point where they've actually pulled it all together and they're quite proud of it but they're just scared to get it out there because they don't know how people are going to respond to it what would you say to that person mm. I've been there so I completely understand it's important to revisit your offering revisit why people need it if you if you began with the end of you so you can see that for example that man or that woman living free from lust and temptation as I mentioned 
And I've created this product that's going to help them in any way, shape or form to achieve that goal. Then I'm doing not just myself a disservice, but I'm doing that person a disservice when I keep it to myself. If I've created this excellent product that I believe is going to truly help you and I'm just kind of stuck twiddling my fingers and not giving it to you. um, Oh, that's like it's poor stewardship. Um, I think it's somewhat telling God that the grace that he's poured into you is insufficient. It's the person that had received one talent and instead of appreciating his one talent, he dug the ground and hid it, did nothing with it, you know? And so I think it's keeping in mind that you have something that is valuable, something that someone else needs, be it one person, two people, three people. We need to start valuing the few and not just the many. And so when you choose to say, no, I'm not going to do anything with it, that I'm not going to do anything with it, I've been there. You're just basically being the unfaithful servant in the parable of the talents. Um, and that didn't end so well. And so I would encourage you, um, God has a plan and a purpose for the product that you have produced. Um, and so ask him, ask him to embolden you. Do it afraid, do it scared. I do many things scared. I, I push send on many things scared. I, I push send on email um, marketing scared or or Instagram posts scared or Facebook posts. I do it scared, not knowing what the outcome is going to be. But I trust God that as I as I do my part, as I walk in faith and obedience, that He will do His part, um, and that I really have nothing to fear. Fear is really a lie. Um, fear is just an indication that. You are journeying beyond what is known to what is unknown. That's how I, I'm learning to see fear. It's an indication that you are traveling beyond what is known to what is unknown. Um, that's all it is. It's just indicating that to you. You don't have to um, perceive it to be a threat. The unknown is not always a threat. I love that, doing it afraid. Um, I feel like sometimes we wait for that fear to go away before we take the next step. And sometimes it's until we've taken that step and we've put ourselves out there, that that fear will start to like fade off. Like you mentioned, it's about just doing it and just being obedient to God, knowing that there's a reason why he's given you that idea or he's given you that insight that he needs you to share with other people. Um, so, yeah, and I think it's important to not also just um, think about the masses, but to understand that we need to honour God through the few that he's put before us. So um, useful insight to hear from you as well. Um, and I guess on, on the flip side of that, so, you know, there are some that are um, less confident, but then there's some that are just super ambitious and they want to do everything and um, they really want to go for it. And I think that's a great thing, but also it will be nice to hear about how we can ensure that our ambitions um, align to the purposes that God has for us. What would you say around that? Mm, yeah, I think that that's a, that's a brilliant question. In Galatians 5, selfish ambition is actually listed as a fruit of the flesh. And I remember seeing that and I was like, God, like, what is wrong with ambition? But I think when we understand that self, what selfish ambition is, selfish is self-seeking, it's self-serving, it's self-aggrandizement, it's to make your own name great. Um, and that is what the Bible describes as a fruit of the flesh when you're walking not in accordance with God's will. Um so again, naturally, I think when it comes to aligning your ambitions to God, I think it's seeking his path and choosing to align ourselves with that. 
um, to not just push ourselves to do things because it feels good or because we want to. As I mentioned at the start, I think it's really checking your motives. Why am I doing this? And just being really honest with ourselves. I think we deceive ourselves so much. Um, being very honest, you know, am I facing comparison right now? Am I afraid that if I don't do something that I'm not living up to God's standard? Is this a meritocracy? Am I doing this to make God proud when I already have his approval? Why am I acting out the things that I'm doing? And I think challenging your motives, if it's purely, because actually I want to see the kingdom come. Um, I want to see God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want God's will to be made manifest in my life. I want um, every grace that he's placed on the inside of me to come out how he wants it to come out. If these things actually speak of your intentions and your motives, then, then run, go forward. Um, I'm also reminded that the vision is for an appointed time, that it's not everything that God has placed inside of you that needs to come out um, all at once. Um, it's okay to be greatly gifted in something and it just not to be the time for that thing to come forward. It's actually okay for that to be the case case um it's okay for you to be pursuing something and then to turn around and say actually I don't think this is a direction I want to go in anymore that's okay too um and I think that it all has to do with being led authentically by the spirit of God being led um not by man's standard not being led by the the clock of the culture and how the culture tells you to do things but to really be led by God that's so key and I I know that is possibly um a major challenge especially with like social media and our ability to see what everyone else is doing. You know, we have the ability to um, see people's highlights, what they're launching and everything like that. But like you said, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit um, as opposed to like the trends and every opportunity that we find um, is presented before us. So I think ambition is definitely something that we always need to take back to God and ask him to show and reveal our motives behind Mm. every idea or every venture that we might feel encouraged to do. Um, so yeah, that's great. Now, I know you kind of touched on stewardship earlier, um, but I thought it would be really important for us to kind of explore stewardship and just the relationship between um, what God has given us to do and how we can actually manage that um, in our day-to-day lives um, with various other responsibilities that we have. So I guess my first question around this is really how do we steward our gifts without our work distracting our devotion to God? So how do we ensure that, you know, we're doing what God's called us to do, but we don't get so caught up in the work and the success and the achievements that we start to see our relationship with God erode? Mm, I love that. I love that. I'm tempted to say that (laughs) the work is part of the devotion. Um, the work is part of your devotion to God. And, and for me, I don't, I don't see them as separate. I don't see my devotion to God being different to my working with him, although they can be different um, if we take the heart of devotion away from the work. But I think that the goal is to work with a heart of devotion. Um, it's to allow the two to come hand in hand, um, to be able to pursue things that God has called me to do alongside him, not spend time with him and then leave him and then go and do the work. But alongside him, everything, he wants to be a part of 
every aspect of our lives. Um, so from the cooking and the cleaning to the boardrooms, to the Zoom meetings, to the speaking, get what Whatever the case is, that all of those are opportunities to be devote, to have devotion with God, to seek his mind. God, what do you think about this? What do you think about what I'm sharing here? Um, to be approved by him in every action. I mean, it's whilst Jesus was being baptized that the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove. Incredible. Understanding that the Holy Spirit can be with you in every situation, every scenario. He wants to speak. He wants to be heard. He wants to be heeded. He wants to be obeyed in everything. And I think if we maintain that God consciousness, if we maintain that sensitivity to the spirit, I think we're going to find that actually this is remarkable that whilst I'm pursuing the things that God has made in my hands, I don't have to do it from a place of hurry. I don't have to do it from a place of scarcity. I don't have to do it from a place of I'm doing it by myself, but I can actually do it from a place of devotion, strong devotion. And it reminds me of the word that God gave me a couple of years ago. He said, more than quiet time, I want you to lead a quiet life. Um, more than the time you set apart. And there's nothing wrong with setting apart time in the mornings or in the evenings or afternoons to spend time. But more than that, I want you to lead a quiet life. And what that means is that you are consistently in fellowship and communion with me. Your heart is consistently softened to hear what I want to say to you. Can you hear it? Um, and so that's, that's, that's what my encouragement would be. You know, do you go more than a few minutes without thinking about God? Do you make huge decisions across your day without thinking about him? Um, take him into every aspect. He's your best friend that is constantly ne- next to you. Um, take him into everything that you do. And that's a great challenge for everyone. I feel like it's almost like a shift in perspective um, in ensuring that we don't separate that because God is involved in every aspect of our lives. Everything we're doing, um, he wants to be involved in it. And it is, like you said, a form of um, devotion. So whether we're working, resting, you know, socialising, God is with us. Um, so it's just recognising that um, as we even steward our gifts, as we're working and using the um, the gifts that he's given to us to reach out to other people, to create things, um, to showcase his love, um, all of this is a form of glorifying God and giving honour to him through those opportunities. So I think that's amazing. Absolutely. It'll be great to know how you manage everything because you do quite a lot. So as a wife <laughs> and a mother, of course, but also as a leader, so you lead the ministry mm-hmm. and you've got a team around you. Um, and also as a curator of, you know, IA Kitchen, like how do you manage your time um, and manage all of those responsibilities? <laughs> Definitely not easy. Aside from that, I'm actually studying um, and on placement at the moment. I'm um, studying counselling psychotherapy, which has been amazing. <laughs> um, and I'm actually currently seeing clients as well. So definitely a few hats to wear <laughs> a lot of hats to wear I think what is key for me at the four things the first is to prioritize um I don't always get this right um and oftentimes some things are left off that list but I, I try not to inundate myself as much with to do this as I can with just having priorities clear things that I know that I can do daily um or do every few days like if I can stay on top of the the things that keep the house moving, um, the meetings that are the bare minimum or the cleaning that's the bare minimum, just making sure that I can stay on top of those and build up from that. Um, prioritizing, having a list of what's really important to me in this week. What are the things that I need to achieve in this week? What are my priorities? Um, so prioritization. Next, I'll say delegation. I thank God for the kind of team that I work with that 
really um, take the initiative and don't require much prompting. Thank you, Jesus. So delegating, not being afraid to empower those around you to to steward steward the the, the ministry well, the organization well, to to run well, to see themselves within the vision. Super important. The third thing I say is communicate. And I think that this is a place where a lot of us fall short. There are times where I feel overwhelmed or I feel busy or I am busy or I feel like I can't do something. And the ability to communicate, to say, hey, I know I said I, I would do this, but a few things have come up and I, I'm just really not feeling up to it. Here's how I can help alternatively. Whatever the case is, just communicating your circumstance and um, you know, not just communicating once you're at your wit's end, but communicating when you're when you're on your way there, making sure that you are consistently keeping lines open to, to share. Um, for example, my, my daughter, she's eight months old now. Um, if something is up with her and I need to attend to her, you know, I, I might have to cancel a few things. Um, and it's just about communicating that to people that it's my sincere apologies, but this is what I, I, I've got to do. This is what I've got to deal with. And the last thing I'll say is to have grace. One of the biggest things that particularly motherhood has taught me <laughs> just to have grace on yourself. Like there's so many moving parts that um, it's okay for you to say, I have no control over this. Therefore I rest. Therefore I'm going to have peace. Therefore I'm going to trust. Therefore it's going to be okay. It's tough, but it's okay. We move. Um, it's okay. We move, we move, we move. I'll do it another time. I'll do it the next time. Um, I can't reach this essay. I can't reach this deadline. Um, can I ask for an extension? You know, having grace and moving forward. Those are the things that come to mind. So prioritizing, delegating, communicating and having grace. Mm. I think those are such key elements of time management um, because we're living in such a busy, fast-paced world and there's so many things going on. Um, and like you said, someone like you who's multi-passionate, who has multiple gifts um, and multiple responsibilities, it's so key to manage our time so that we can ensure that we're doing the very best we can um, with every responsibility that God's given to us. So I think those are very practical tools that um, we can all apply in our day-to-day lives as well. And I know you mentioned that you're studying. Like, what inspired you to go back and return to studying? I have no idea. I'm joking. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, Lord, God Almighty. Like, <laughs> so even I have a deadline. Like, what, what, did, I, what did I do to myself? Um, necessity inspired it, I would say. Um, I felt led to to upskill and to pick up a new skill to um yeah to grow in this area and I thank God so I applied um did a couple courses um and then took on this two-year course and um yeah I just felt like God is leading me in this direction and he's made that abundantly clear in so many ways um chiefly this um lockdown that has meant that even with a baby I'm able to learn online with a course that I would have had to have been traveling in for um even with a child um so God has made it such that I can learn online which is amazing um (laughs) so I think it was just really God tugging on my heart and every step of the way I've definitely felt like okay this makes sense this is stretching me this is challenging me this is pushing me but I can see where it's perfecting me which has been amazing 
That's good. Um, and I think it's so key to understand the value of um, personal growth, personal development and just lifelong learning. There's so many changes happening. There's so much more that God wants to produce through us. Um, and it's so good that we can access tools and resources that enable us to grow in our passions and in our calling. So that's really good to hear. Um, so let us know what else you're currently working on at the moment. Um, what plans you have going forward? Mm, what am I currently working on? So psychotherapy is really I'm really passionate about helping people in the counselling space, um, giving people language for their trauma, language for their hardship, and also helping them more importantly to walk through that, to um, process it, to develop strategies for how they can um, overcome. That's something that I'm, I'm truly, truly passionate about. So definitely look out for more about that in terms of how. And people can work with me one-to-one or group in groups and stuff like that, which will be coming shortly. Um, also mentoring. I run this mentoring program called Raising the Standard. And we're just wrapping up one cohort. Um, but I run it twice a year. And it's a three-month program where women can come alongside and just be equipped in the areas of relationships, discipline, healing, wholeness, um, lifestyle, purpose. And the feedback is always so phenomenal that these women come along and they, they don't really know what to expect as it were, but always leave thinking, wow, this is just what I needed. This is challenging. It's pushed me in ways that I, I, I couldn't have imagined prior. Um, and then also for Love Limitless, more events, more ways in which women can get plugged in to be a part of community, a community that, that cares for them and wants to see them thrive and achieve. Yeah, those are some of the things that I'm currently working on. Sounds great. Sounds exciting. And how can we stay connected so that we can learn more about this, access all of this and really support your growth going forward? Yeah, sure. From um, ifyalexis.com, sign up for my mailing list and you can get frequent updates. That's some of the things that I'm doing. Um, and then also on all social media, ifyalexis or ifyalexislee, um, and you'll find me there. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having you on today's show. Um, it's really nice to also connect with other women in the faith, other entrepreneurial women, um, other women in positions of leadership. And everything you've shared with us, your wisdom, your experiences and all of your tools are definitely things that we can also apply. So thank you so much, Ify, for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and all the best with this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Ascribe podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe as it allows other entrepreneurial women like yourself to find the show. If you would like to find out more about Ascribe, visit us at ascribeculture.com. Enjoy the rest of your day and take care.